0: that what you've got now? Have I? Yeah. You know spring chicken.
1: Can I wave without it shaking? Watch.
0: Oh, that's nice. Is that good? I haven't got bingo wings.
1: Uh, for the record, the assailant is flexing <laughs> his pecs. Anyway. Hello, my bi friend.
0: Uh, how are you?
1: I'm all right. How are you? Good.
0: I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Are
1: you raring to go?
0: I am. I'm absolutely, Double guns? I'm gagging for it.
1: You're gagging for it? No. We need that anyway. I think that's called desperado. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Ben Ando. I'm a former BBC journalist and podcaster. And this week, I will be mostly giving a talk to journalism students in Nottingham. The world of Ben. World of ben. This is Ben's world.
1: Oh, you whipped that one out of the background there i'm victoria Mitzi. The this week i won't be talking to any journalism students thank god but i may actually be answering the phone after a few complaints when dirty uncle arrives
0: <laughs> dirty uncle fuckers
1: <laughs> this is harking back to what started uncle fu- oh yeah yeah corpse fucker <laughs> welcome to the podcast
0: <laughs> they'll be re- they'll be regretting fucking their uncle once uh, they run out of benefits
1: if you don't like dirty things and things which are a little bit pushing the envelope, as they say, I'd tune out if I were exactly. you. Otherwise, stay right here and Close welcome. Close those beef curtains. <laughs> you took it to me.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Close the curtains on our podcast.
1: You never said that before, Ben.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what have we got? A lot. We've got we've got a bit of uh, Randy andy
0: what have we got diddly squat
1: and we've got a bit of mortuary misery
0: and we've got some listener interaction around missing persons
1: you can go missing on a paddleboard as well we'll cover that
0: <laughs> yes we will <laughs> worst, and- that was the yes. worst gear change ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can it just go makes missing me think on a
0: paddleboard <laughs>
1: Do you know, we've had a bit of a request for some missing person stuff, haven't we? That's what I was talking about. Oh, I thought, okay, right, that's the missing person stuff. I did actually just segue to the other story. But it made (laughs) it, someone's got their head in their hands it's not me because I'm proud. (laughs) I'm buying, I'm proud. (laughs) Whenever I go to a beach, I always think about that disappearing act on the beach when, what's his face? Reginald Perrin. No, it was someone else. It was Lord Lucan, wasn't it?
0: Lord Lucan disappeared. He didn't disappear on a beach. Oh, didn't he? He just disappeared after he supposedly murdered the um, uh, the maid or well the the au pair.
1: Oh, oh, so that, well, that's quite nicely going into missing persons. It was as well, um, it? he went into the missing person.
0: It was Reggie Perrin who sort of at the uh, sort of the, the closing titles. He sort of went down to the beach and took his clothes off and ran into the water.
1: Who is Reggie Perrin?
0: It was a, a TV drama back in the 70s called um, The Fall and Rise of Reggie Perrin.
1: Oh, I see. <laughs> the it was, before, the, uh, t- entitled with the aforementioned name.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, <laughs> it, it gave lots of things to popular culture. So it was, he was played by Leonard Rossiter and he had a boss called CJ. And he every time he would be always, always late for work but it, and his excuse would always be something about signalling problems around Guildford and um it's me and he watch so he, this
1: space guys so he's
0: I, I think he worked for a company that went bust or went down he lost his job and then he came back creating this company brand called grot and the whole point of it was it was rubbish and so it was, it was a satire on sort of disposable <laughs> generate then at the end he supposedly killed himself i think or, or ran did he company.
1: do well with Grot?
0: the other person who disappeared was um that uh, was the canoeist wasn't it no,
1: well, he was found again, wasn't he? Yeah, he
0: was. That's right. Yeah. Um, Cunning that. Yeah, I know. Well, he'd been hiding in the house in the sort of like the extra bit of the house, hadn't he?
1: I knew it from from the moment they disappeared. I knew it was a heist.
0: Oh come on, really?
1: I did, didn't you? Uh oh, <laughs> the high pitched scream. John suggesting Darwin was she's... his name. Goodness, he that faked suggests his a little death. bit of the survival of the unfittest.
0: He he faked his death and claimed he was died in a canoe accident. Um, (laughs) He, but he was later found hiding in their home, and his wife Anne was arrested and charged for helping him collect his life insurance of two hundred and fifty thousand pounds.
1: When in doubt, fake your own death. Now, don't tell us we don't give you. In the
0: house next door, he'd done what? He had been secretly living in their their house and in the house next door, and he was sent. In fact, they were both each sentenced to more than six years in prison.
1: That's so secret, I know. That's like Shannon Matthews, isn't it? We'll just oh God, go and that, hide uh, around at her Shannon uncle.
0: Matthews, what a story that was.
1: Goodness, how many have we gone through just without even any prep?
0: I know, a lot. This is
1: going to be a Pandora's
0: box. Shannon Matthews, wow.
1: So, uh, I'm Victoria Mitzi, I'm a podcaster too, because Ben did, so I joined in. And I'm a journalist and I'm a paper pusher and a mother and a domestic victim. I mean, a domestic serf who resents. We were just talking about housework, weren't we? I resent any bit of housework I have to do. Except cooking. I love cooking. (laughs) I'm an an avid exerciser, a teacher and a dancer and Actually,
0: hadn't Karen Matthews been fucking her uncle?
1: Oh, God. Of course she had.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it her brother-in-law or something? You... I
1: don't know. I've gone out of that story I'm not in that story <laughs>
0: okay
1: oh yes we've got jizzy jizz Lane. we
0: have got jizzy jizz well uh, Andrew, for those of you really. that don't know what, if a...
1: you're if you're new to our podcast um go away I mean welcome <laughs> we call Ghislaine Maxwell jizzy jizz because
0: it's Lane Maxwell not Lane. I'm and sure it we've is. Just been Giz.
1: googling her, haven't we, to have a look at before yeah. and after prison. You
0: said her all her hair had fallen out in prison, but we can't find any photos.
1: Yeah, she looks like you now, Ben. <laughs> well, in that
0: case, she was a lucky lady.
1: <laughs> Minus those fantastic guns you just showed me, of course. Mm.
0: Put some put some lipstick on me, and I could pass for jizzy jizz. I mean, I'd have to Ooh. maybe shave a little bit of my beard off. Just keep the moustache.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, that is apparently what she looks like now. Although all we could get was court drawings, wasn't it? So should we get to the meat of the podcast? What we can't do is be a true crime podcast, in case you didn't know that's what we're doing here, and not mention the recent very disturbing findings of the double murder and sexual abuse of the dead over decades. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a look at that, but in Ben's words, what can I possibly find to say about that?
0: This is the bedsit murders, isn't it? mm
1: hmm So back in
0: 1987, uh, two young women uh, in their 20s, Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, were living in bedsits in Tunbridge Wells in Kent. They didn't know each other, but their paths crossed with David Fuller. Um, Wendy Nell who was 25 had moved into a bedsit after the failure of her marriage and she had a job at a photo shop called Super Snaps and um, Caroline Pierce was 20 and she worked in a restaurant in Tunbridge Wells called Buster Browns Um, and again uh, she had gone uh, gone missing and three weeks later her body was found 40 miles away dumped naked apart from her tights in a drainage ditch uh, on Romney Marsh on the South I should coast.
1: explain why Ben is laughing, because it's actually probably not something that we should be laughing about, although regulars to the podcast will know that we'll we do. Um, no, we laugh at anything wrong. <laughs> that I said it was the most undignified way. To, tights aren't the nicest things at the best of times, but to be found just in your tights. Who's it who thinks? said,
0: live fast, die young and leave a beautiful corpse? Die young, leave a pretty corpse, that's what I say. You should say something else. I never heard that. Hang on, let me Google it. But... Was it
1: Glamorous News Lady? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's certainly somebody who wasn't found naked except for their tights.
1: Even worse if you're male, of course.
0: It was It was used in the 1949 movie Knock On Any Door starring John Derrick and Humphrey Bogart, And then uh, uh, Irene L. Luce... Uh, to Oscar B Um, (laughs) Loose
1: Oscar B Loose what a great name (laughs) Oscar
0: B (laughs) Loose he was was Johnny B Good's brother (laughs) (laughs) oh I don't know the etymology of this is quite confusing it's it's not not quite a nice simple sort of oh it was said by Bette Davis or you know one of those classic very quotable sort of 1940s and 50s movie stars and it was
1: good remembrance
0: wasn't said by you know Coco Chanel or Donatella Versace or something.
1: Coco and Nutella?
0: <laughs> Donatella, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Coco and Nutella. Meat has, and uh, potatoes. Beckham said uh, Donatella Versace. Did she? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Did she? Have I you think... seen
1: all the furore about posh spices diet?
0: No, I don't know anything about posh spices. She
1: clean eats or she. She basically eats nothing and she doesn't eat dairy, she doesn't eat this, she doesn't eat that. So she, it, what it boils down to is a bit of, literally, is a bit of vegetables and she occasionally has some fish with it. But if you look at her and you know that, then it all makes sense.
0: Is this sort of one of those things where the only thing she can have control of is her diet, so she obsesses about it? Because everything else is out of her hands.
1: Well, everything in my life is out of control, but yet I manage to eat quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, because that's the joy. It's do a healthy that, joy.
0: Do you think that those vegetables and things you mentioned are the only things she consumes orally?
1: I'd say so, because uh, Mr David seems to be consuming his dindins elsewhere all the time.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: anyway back to the back to the story you're not interested in this i can tell i'm very interested in it so shall i continue yeah
0: please do and i am interested i'm sorry if you thought i wasn't
1: oh no no i don't don't be sorry you can not be interested as much as you like
0: you know i like to go off on tangents
1: all right so do i um, mean wild goose chases (laughs) 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 so here we go don't let me interrupt you the hurt, her naked body, Wendy's naked body, was discovered with her blood covering the bed on which she lay at her bedsit. Neighbours had heard nothing through the thin walls of the bedsit. She'd been battered, sexually assaulted and strangled. And then Caroline Pierce, who was 20, and uh, the, the Buster Browns worker... Um, she disappeared and apparently there were reports of screaming on her doorstep but where those inquiries went I don't know surely you report that so it was weeks before she was discovered oh and as you said she was discovered in her tights only because a tractor driver spotted her because he was high up in the cab of his vehicle and if you look at the landscape of where she was dumped really the The vista shows you how barren and just uh, along with the tights and the landscape, the whole thing is just pretty bleak and awful. But I don't think this guy had much respect for women.
0: No, fair point.
1: To say the least.
0: I like Uh, this, though, that um, Mm. so uh, the, the trail went cold, but then it kind of warmed up again with the advent of DNA technology and, of course, the National DNA Database. And when police looked again at this case, they were able to find a partial match with a relative of a man named David Fuller, who appears to have uh, sort of been a... had a variety of jobs. He was... Um, An electrician, he was a handyman, maintenance man. And when they uh, went to search his house, they found an almost obsessive collection of photographs. And effectively, he kept a a really, really, really comprehensive and detailed record of his own life. Every invoice he issued, lots of photographs of himself. And there was one where he's lying on a particularly hideous looking uh, picnic blanket, um, face down. And you can see the soles of his shoes. And the soles of the shoes that you can see in the photo match a partial shoe print that was found uh, at Wendy's flat. And so that clearly was a really, really important breakthrough. And they were, they, there was such a, I mean, they, ha- they almost had like an orgy of evidence. There was so much. There was computer hardware hoarded since the 1980s. There were hundreds of hard drives, memory cards, 2,000-odd, uh, obsolete storage disk. He had 30 mobile phones. in Sydney, not just one drug dealer phone. He had 29 drug dealer phones. Not that oh, he was did he dealer. do drugs too? No, he wasn't a drug dealer. Was a, was a drug. I'm joking. Oh. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, give me now, a pizza. The,
0: the interesting thing is, they examined a cupboard inside which a cabinet had been positioned. And when they pulled that cabinet away from the wall, there was. they found a concealed hide. And in that, they found four hard drives. And on these were videos apparently filmed by him inside a hospital mortuary showing him sexually abusing the bodies of dead people.
1: So he was working in this hospital and his shift finished late and the other person knocked off. In the afternoon. So that gave him the entire evening to be able to access corpses, essentially. But there was video as well. There were CCTV cameras. But they didn't find... So uh, it was through these kind of loopholes... Not loopholes. Is that the right word? Glory I don't know if there's much glory,
0: no, there's but no glory.
1: he is a glory hole type. He got done for some kind of voyeuristic... He's the uh, glory
0: like... hole type. How do you know what the glory hole type is?
1: <laughs> Takes one to know one. What. what is the
0: glory hole type?
1: <laughs> do a new spot someone and think... okay, I think the flasher type is borders on the glory hole type.
0: <laughs> I think they're two very different types. <laughs>
1: but where was I going with that? That he was... Yeah, and he was. his job was... Uh, like a maintenance or, or electrician or something along those lines. I That's think. right. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory. And
0: and he had what's been called an access all areas swipe card.
1: Bloody hell!
0: Well, quite.
1: Not, you're not supposed to uh, access there, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bom, bom. He Even kept a little black book containing the victims' names as well. And there are they, they they've they've lost count, but there are around a hundred victims whose ages range from under eighteen to over eighty-five. He oh, also there was a child had child as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's really ticking every single box here. He also had one of the biggest stashes of child sex abuse images ever discovered by police.
1: No. I yep. didn't know that bit. Um can we just play the have you seen the footage of no, him being it. arrested? I have here we go. not.
0: Look. morning. Ooh, David's place. Hello, we need to come and speak to we oh, yes, come. David, if you listen to what I'm gonna say. Yes. Just um, We're from Kent Police and we're investigating the murders of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce in nineteen eighty seven. Okay? As part of that investigation you've been linked as a suspect, both geographically and forensically. Okay, if you listen to what my colleague's gonna to say to you. All right, David, you're under arrest on suspicion of the murders of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce in nineteen eighty seven. To understand so what's interesting when you listen to those recordings is um the police have, are invariably very polite and perhaps more polite than you or i might be in those circumstances
1: yeah and what i noticed about that video uh, and, and his arrest by kent police was that he was just a pathetic individual and we find this quite a lot i think people who choose to take other people's lives and and commit these kind of crimes are often quite wet have you noticed that? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, these are two young women who he attacked, and he, you know, he clearly is a man now. At the time of these murders in the 1980s, he was much younger. I'm sure he was physically stronger, quite possibly more intimidating, and, and you know, the man. He's you not see a big being, man. The, <laughs> back to glory holes. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 man you see being arrested in that video is not is not obviously physically the same as the man who attacked and murdered uh, Caroline and Wendy all those years ago. So I think we shouldn't lose sight of that.
1: No, but I do think that there's something in the fact that it's almost like absorbing other people's energy you know these were young women with l- their lives ahead of them you know possibly going you know they were in bed sits i don't know if that's anything to do with them being vulnerable if they're in family homes maybe he'd be less likely to have got in you know got access to them he's preying on the vulnerable and uh that suggests that there's something vulnerable about him
0: yeah i mean i think the in- an interesting thing as well is what's there is a sort of classic escalation here in the, you know it's always the case that you know they say that kids who kill you know abuse animals when they're children often you know go up to become you know serial killers. Don't know how how correct that is. But in this case the guy starts out in the 1970s and 80s Carrying out these sort of creeper burglaries, which involves an element of sort of peeping tom voyeurism as well as theft.
1: Creeper burglaries. Yeah.
0: Then creeper burglaries. Creeper burglaries. Then he graduates to murder, of course, in the case of Wendy and Caroline. And then, where do you go after that? Where the the, the way the way he decided to go after that appears to have been necrophilia. So it's like this hideous, revolting, and disgusting. Escalation in his offending, and it's, I okay. suppose in some ways it's tragedy. He wasn't caught sooner.
1: Let's talk about necrophilia.
0: Okay, let's
1: <laughs> let's talk about necrophilia. God. what the fuck? I mean, who do we know who did it? Jimmy Savile, yeah. Dennis Nilsson,
0: yeah,
1: and all the greats, Chappie, huh?
0: All the greats,
1: all the greats. Anyone else? Some of the Um, Roman emperors, maybe.
0: Well, quite possibly. They'll do anything with anything to anything.
1: No, that's German people. (laughs) Oh, yes. According to Ben. And the French. Oh, really? Okay. As long as you've got a nice dinner prepared. (laughs) But surely there's something. There must be something driving you to necrophilia. Um
0: so what's interesting is that there are various categories of necrophiliacs so you've got necrophiliacs who can only have sex they can only perform if they are having sex with a, a dead body then you've got um murderous necrophiliacs that is people who murder people in order to have sex with them uh then you've got this is bizarre but they you have what's known as romantic necrophiliacs which are people who are bereaved but remain emotionally attached to their their now dead partner and continue to uh, have sex with them um and then well one is is, is you have what are known as dabblers which is opportunity <laughs> opportunistic necrophiliacs which is people who normally have no interest in necrophilia but take the opportunity when it arises and famously there's one we've discussed before on this which is uh mark dixie who had, who oh, had yes. sex with um he's the, a nice looking uh, guy yeah he was well he was a chef wasn't he and he was in, i think he was in croydon and um, he he, uh, he was convicted of uh, murdering um, and then having sex with the corpse of uh, Sally Ann Bowman in 2005 in South Croydon.
1: Well remembered.
0: Thank you. So, so yeah, so you've got the dabblers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the then, professionals. So exclusive necrophilics are people who can only be aroused by having sex with a dead person. The people who murder people in order to have sex with them. Uh, people who have sex with the the body of a much loved deceased partner uh and then you have the um the, the dabblers or the opportunistic necrophiliacs so was
1: ted bundy a necrophiliac
0: yeah he was yeah he would he what? killed people in order to uh have sex with them or he he had sex with the corpses of his victims not dissimilar to dennis nelson
1: oh but dennis nelson used to keep them for ages and ages Bundy yeah. seem quite busy.
0: <laughs> busy Bundy. <laughs>
1: busy Bunty. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bunt a well known term? Can I ask you listeners?
0: I think I've heard of it, yes. I think it's a well known term.
1: I'm looking for any woman necrophiliacs.
0: Um okay, you'll have to Google that. I don't Karen know. Karen if... Greenlee. Who's she? Born in
1: 19- an American criminal who's convicted of stealing a hearse and having sex with a corpse it contained.
0: OK. I mean, you know, I suppose rigor mortis may have set in.
1: She's considered the best-known modern practitioner of necrophilia. Who said that, then?
0: OK, well, somebody who clearly wasn't part of this podcast, because neither of us had heard of her.
1: Extensive practice of necrophilia. <laughs> she worked as an apprentice embalmer.
0: Get stuff! Yeah! That's oh. exactly
1: what you want to be doing if you're into that, isn't it?
0: <laughs> she clearly, um, you know, she... she goes by the motto enjoy the job you do and you'll never do a day's work in your life
1: <laughs> doesn't embalmer sound balmy and <laughs> nice what does embalmer do like it's make the, the body um, live still when it's dead no,
0: yeah kind of, i mean embalming is a process by which you drain the body of all fluid blood other fluids and you then fill the cavities so it doesn't sort of like look hollow and sort of sink in on itself you fill the cavities with embalming fluid which I suppose is some kind of a neutral oil or something um, so that it it can be presented. Because there, I, I don't know, I've never ever seen this in my life ever, but there are, I guess, still some people and some cultures where they have open casket events after death and you go and look at the person's dead body. And part of that is, I think it's a particularly Catholic thing, actually, isn't it? And part of that, obviously, hmm. is the body has to be embalmed so that when the people look at it, it doesn't start to, you know, smell and all the rest of it and decay.
1: Well, apparently this this chick, Karen Greenlee, <laughs> had sex with between 20 to 40 bodies of young men. Okay. But um, in, in California, she did it in Sacramento in California, but in the state, necrophilia was not illegal. So she was only accused of stealing a hearse and interfering with a funeral. Stealing a hearse? <laughs> fucking hell we've got to go a bit deeper into Karen Greenlee I was going to say we'll pick her up another
0: time (laughs) you can
1: I don't want to pick her up in my (laughs) hearse and okay shall we close the door on that or shall we is there anything else to say and I will close the mortuary
0: door on that
1: yeah and go to another delightful young man Prince Andrew (laughs) oh god just finishing off He's known to have been abusing the deceased between 2008 and 2020. There remains a glaring hole in his record with no known offending between 1987 and 2008. Kent police are now examining the records of missing people because, of course, if he won't have recorded it in his little black book then so he, he, I he, guess so, they're not accounted for. So he was
0: on trial at Maidstone Crown Court and he had initially pleaded not guilty, but on the fourth day of the trial, uh, he changed his plea to guilty. He admitted uh, sexually abusing bodies in two hospital morgues in Kent over 12 years. He had admitted killing Caroline Pierce and Wendy Nell, but he'd said it was down to diminished responsibility. However, he then, uh, as I said, in, in court changed his plea and um, pleaded guilty to murder. So uh, he's admitted murdering two women in 1987 and sexually abusing at least 100 female corpses, including children.
1: But he won't give details.
0: No, He, he ahead of the trial, he pleaded guilty to 51 offences in uh, relating to 78 identified victims um, and a date for his sentencing has yet to be set.
1: Uh, that is why I cannot find it here. Moving on. More of an update, I suppose, then. Well, I think,
0: yeah, we're, so we're going to return to one of our favourite hardy perennials, which is uh, <laughs> Prince Andrew, uh, Virginia Giffray and Jizzy Gislaine. And I, I'm, so there have been developments in this story recently. And, and the one I think that has really got me um, is has got me vexed, I will say, is that nobody ever accused Prince Andrew, I think, of being the sharpest knife in the drawer or the smartest guy in the room. But he must be just utterly, I don't know, tone-deaf stupid to have sanctioned his legal team to do what they've done this week, which is they've mounted a case in the States to try and have uh, Virginia Giffray's civil case against him uh, for trafficking dismissed, which is fine. I get why they would do that. And yet what they've done... Is in that case they have accused her of procuring slutty girls. And you just think
1: I love the way the male calls it a blistering repost. <laughs>
0: but but why would I mean <laughs> why would you use that phrase? I mean, it just sounds so toxic.
1: It's exactly the wrong thing, just like that interview. He thought he was doing a lady die with all his eye batting, but it just looked like eye rolling and chin. Squatching, didn't Which it? Chin? And everyone hated him even more from that. <laughs> what was it, panorama? It yeah, was, it was. Wasn't it, Pick a panorama? chin, any
0: chin. Take it out, put it back. God.
1: And this is exactly the same. Who do you want to upset? Although I don't think the women's lobby, if you want to call them that, got as up in arms as I expected them to do. But it was uh, surpassed. I suspect there might have been a significant... it was copped out by cop twenty six. I
0: suspect there might have been a significant amount of eye rolling amongst them, though
1: just on a different level but as we were talking about how this guy supports himself as well because he's obviously living and paying these because i was i said to you didn't i how are these lawyers being paid um but if anyone's gonna make a cover-up in sort of him having a directorship or anything like that i I suppose you know the royals so
0: he's he he used to obviously be as a senior royal he used to be on the civil list since this all broke, he's renounced his HRH status, so he no longer gets cash from the civil list. But a lot of people are asking questions about where exactly he gets his money. And I think a lot of people suspect that the Queen is basically funding his lifestyle. So... I mean, like any kind of doting mother, she is... She, I mean... Ugh. everything you read about the royals suggests that the queen somehow has a massive blind spot when it comes to what a moron prince andrew is and how how his behavior is quite you know is is not exactly befitting the status of a member of the royal family and she does. Although the, the
1: headlines are slightly uncertain. Prince Andrew takes a horse ride at Windsor facing an uncertain Christmas. That's as bad as it gets for him, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. And you know,
0: and, and yet she seems to have this sort of like idea that somehow Andrew can do no wrong. And you get and I think a lot of people believe that the only way he can continue to fund this. A frankly lavish lifestyle that he has is because the queen is basically um slipping him money left right and center but we don't know well, that. you know, we know that know i've got, that. got
1: an insider it- knowledge of the workings of the royal family from the crown yeah the series on netflix but that seemed to be that she did turn a blind eye i think there's something about males you know she certainly the queen turned a blind eye to her husband being a little bit frisky i think didn't she so I think it's an expected thing. Wasn't
0: Prince Andrew known as the Duke of Pork?
1: <laughs> well, did the Duke of Edinburgh have a nickname? Uh, <laughs> he liked to blunder, didn't he?
0: No, I. Th- uh, yeah, he. Well, he. He was certainly um, famous for his sort of what, whatever the opposite of a bon mot is, a, ba- a malmo.
1: Malmo. Polisky ah, Malmo. <laughs> <laughs> malmo. Ah, We're back of the
0: malmo. Uh, the, he,
1: no, he, the inspiration for the podcast putting the bridge. His foot
0: putting it and saying sort of the wrong thing at various state functions. Um, yeah, I mean.
1: Or maybe a touch of overt racism thrown in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose
0: to some extent he was a product of his era. And when, I mean, you know, he was, you know, a young man in the 1920s. And I suppose at, at, that, at that time, attitudes were a lot less enlightened than they are now.
1: Yeah, they're so enlightened. Well, they're not.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe they're not. But they were certainly a good deal more enlightened now than they were then, and that's for damn sure, as mustard.
1: Either way, yes, exactly. Either way, a small recap: the 61-year-old duke has de- consistently denied, vehemently denied her claims, and these court documents filed recently, his legal team called Ms. Giffray's lawsuit frivolous, saying she's initiated this baseless lawsuit against Prince Andrew to achieve another. Heyday at his expense. So if she wins it, she gets a lot of money then. Yeah,
0: so her her, her allegation, and she is um, there's, there isn't a criminal action against the uh, the Duke in the States. He's not uh, subject to an arrest warrant by the police, but he is subject to a civil lawsuit lodged by her in which she accuses him of raping her, and he consistently denies that. Now, this counterclaim from his lawyers says that um, she uh, is accusing her of trafficking slutty girls for sexual abuse by Jeffrey Epstein and profiting at the Duke's expense. Now, what what they say... What, this is Andrew's legal team. What they say is that uh, she was sort of a willing accomplice, if you like. They allege she was a willing accomplice to Jeffrey Epstein. And they have got this witness uh, uh, who is one of uh, the sister, I should say, of one of Jeffrey's ex-boyfriends called Crystal Figueroa, who says that Jeffrey asked her for help recruiting underage girls. And this quote from this Crystal Figueroa woman says... Uh, that she, Virginia Jaffray, would say to me, "Do you know any girls who are kind of slutty?" And and so th- this is um, what what the, the, the Prince Andrew's lawyers are saying is that this shows the character of Virginia Jaffray. She's not this innocent young thing that she is portraying. And we all know that she was at this time only uh, a, a teenage girl. So it's it's kind of you know it's hard to sort of necessarily put too much credence uh, into this. And in an article in the New York Daily News, which is cited in Prince Andrew's response, uh, this is this is quoted by the lawyers in this uh, document they've lodged with the court. Um, one of Jeffrey's ex-lovers would drive her to the Palm Beach mansion owned by Jeffrey Epstein, and he he told uh, the New York Daily News that. She'd have like nine or 10 girls she used to bring to him. She never looked like she was being held captive. She and the other girls would walk out of there smiling with their bathing suits on like they'd just come from the beach. And she'd have four grand in cash. So, I mean, yes, there is a a counter. like, Like in any case, there are always two sides to it. But I just think my issue here is not so much that the legal process shouldn't be allowed to go through. Of course it shouldn't. And if the prince's lawyers um, wish to make representations to the court around this, they they should. And it's a you know relatively standard legal tactic to try to discredit the witness um, on the other side. But I think the use of certain phrases does not do them and him any favors at all. And I think will will play very badly
1: so essentially what's uh, what is under investigation i uh, this is a bit spelling it out so i know is whether prince andrew abused uh, virginia jeffrey not really what her role was i think this is a it's a very weak it, it's kind of an Achilles heel in a way of, of sexual abuse cases, as well. Yeah, it? and I think
0: in the minds of uh, any perhaps jurors who might be called to, uh, to 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 be involved in this civil action in the States, I think uh, the lawyers here for Prince Andrew are trying to create separation in the minds of everybody uh, between... uh, Virginia Giffray's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and uh, any involvement at all, which they say of course is is minimal to zero with Prince Andrew. I mean, one thing they said was Virginia Giffray may well be a victim of sexual abuse at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein and nothing can excuse or capture the abhorrence and gravity of Epstein's behavior. However, and without diminishing the harm suffered as a result of Epstein's alleged misconduct, Prince Andrew never sexually abused or assaulted Giffray he unequivocally denies Giffray's false allegations against him. And that's clearly their tactic here. Now, I, as I said, I think I think the certain use of language has been very clumsy and probably ill-judged. But clearly the tactic here is to try to separate out um, the allegations against Andrew from the sort of the, the overarching narrative around uh, Virginia Giffray being a young girl who was uh, trafficked in with the involvement of our old friend Jizzy Gislaine to... Um, be sexually abused by jeffrey epstein
1: there's talk of subpoenaing fergie and princesses beatrice and eugenie to force them to testify under oath about his alibi andy's alibi that he was in pizza express on the day in 2001 when Ms. Jeffrey claimed she was forced to sleep with him i, I don't think so that's quite interesting I, I don't
0: think a subpoena in this case would have much merit against the girls um of uh, beatrice and eugenie a eh? because they would have been uh, much younger at that time uh, and also
1: well, so they can't appear. well
0: no they can but but really all they are saying all they're being asked to say is the best of your recollection eh? was he at pizza hut then now the chances of 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 um... oh, he
1: went somewhere else not pizza express what it was Pizza Express.
0: Was it Pizza Express? OK, Pizza it's Express. Pizza Sorry, hut. my apologies. Pizza yeah. Express. All, all that this would be about would be trying to get them to either confirm that he was at Pizza Express with them on that particular date. Now, at the time, they would have been much younger. It's questionable as to how um, reliable they would be in terms of being absolutely specific about the dates, unless, say, it was a key date uh, that everybody knew about. And I think, really, it's just a que- that that could be done very easily with written evidence. in I'm you know, i I'm certain that I was with my father on that day at that place.
1: It is the Daily Mail we're talking or about. Or to the best of my recollection. Here.
0: Fergie is a different matter. Now, you know, because Fergie obviously does have an ongoing relationship with Prince Andrew. They are sort of, I don't know if they're the best of frenemies, but certainly...
1: Wasn't there talk of them getting back together because he's so much in the Maison Chien <laughs> Well, who... that he might actually resort to Fergie again?
0: Well, well, I mean, who knows? I have to say, I mean, one thing is that their relationship is something of a... An enigma wrapped in a puzzle inside a riddle. <laughs> Insofar as they get together, then, inside a
1: pig blanket, um,
0: then they get divorced, and there is all the whole Johnny Bryant toe sucking things can go down as well as up, financial advisor <laughs> stuff, and and then they sort of carry on having what seems to be in some ways a very mature relationship. Obviously, for the benefit of their children, they remain on good terms. They clearly have a lot of residual ongoing affection for uh, for each other, even if they're not necessarily in love in the way that a man and a wife would normally be in love and so perhaps yeah i mean whether i, th- I think w- what's interesting here is whether um it's possible for her to be compelled to give evidence if at the time they were married and that's something i'm not totally sure about but so so i mean again you know we will mm. keep across this we will keep uh, monitoring what's going on here um of course you know early next year we've oh. got the trial of jizzy lane so yeah something to keep on what else has been going on
1: um Regarding Ghislaine Maxwell even, Uh, Jizzy, weren't we having a look at, let's get to the bones of this matter, shall we, that we were comparing photographs of how Jeffrey has aged... (laughs) versus how Prince Andrew <laughs> yeah. is aged. And then that moved on to yeah. Ghislaine yeah. and how she's doing in, in her incarceration period. Well, you said
0: her hair was falling out, but then we couldn't find a photo. I, I don't know. I, I, it's
1: been reported that that's what's happened, but we found court sketches, which could well be obscuring that because her hair's tied back. But we couldn't find how, because you said she looked really good. Yeah. And I reminded you in that photograph, the famous Jeffrey Prince Andrew, where Virginia Jeffrey looks very thin and young, actually. And he looks much thinner and younger. You were like, oh, Ghislaine looks really good. And I was like, well, that was at the same time, ages ago, the early 2000s.
0: Ghislaine reminds me of Space Commander Serverland out of Blake 7 played by the actress Jacqueline. Pierce. I
1: don't even know what that is but it sounds good.
0: <laughs> um no I mean Gislaine in that photo looked good and in the most recent photos I saw of her when she was arrested a couple of years ago I thought she looked uh, remarkably well. And certainly she's, yeah, aged she's far in her element.
1: Than- she's a Maxwell. She's aged isn't far- she she's in her element when she's on the run.
0: She certainly seems to have aged far better than Prince Andrew has anyway.
1: Do you remember that they tried everywhere and then they went to her house and found her? (laughs) (laughs) Similar to the canoe story we've been talking about. He was like, I know. And Shannon Matthews, I know where I'll hide. Just next door. (laughs) (laughs) So have we had
0: any good interactions?
1: Yes, we've had brilliant ones. Oh, no. Well, they're brilliant for the podcast, but not so good for me because they are applauding your miscarriages of justice soliloquy can
0: I call it a soliloquy soliloquy you you (laughs) just hate it when people think I've done something good you hate it But it's so seldom I'm going to milk it no I I tell you what I'm really interested in what Matthew wrote to us about and we're going to come on and talk to this perhaps in the future he said he really found the um, miscarriages of Justice 1 interesting he he actually mentioned the Bridgewater 4 which is another very famous miscarriage of justice we didn't get onto on that occasion but he then asked us you tried I did (laughs) (laughs) it's another tangent I tried to go there (laughs) he then asked us if we do something about mystery disappearances and mentioned a, a fascinating case in his own family where one of his uh, older relatives seems to have just disappeared off the face of the earth in 1969 and then cropped up later dead. So that is something we're going to look at in the future.
1: And not the only case that we've had come in from a listener. In fact, what we've done about miscarriages of justice has been quite interesting and Thanks so much, uh, Big Bear. I know you love being called Big Bear, but that's how we know and love you. But for suggesting that, because it's it's actually kind of snowballed into a lot of other stories and ideas for other things coming in. And I did want to say, when I do get your ideas in, I do always follow them up, un- unless I get some really ridiculous ones that I think, well, oh, I'm not sure that'll work. In which case, I might own it and tell you. Um, but if it if it's possible, then I will try and explore it. Even I'll share, even share the nose with you. (laughs) So, (laughs) with regard to guests as well, don't be shy about that because we do love your interactions. And I know it's, um, we do appreciate them as well.
0: Yeah, we do. Anyway,
1: Uh, yeah, I sounded like I appreciated it.
0: Winning in sincerity. How
1: can people reach us then? Oh,
0: the usual way YDLMF podcast at gmail.com and on Twitter as well, YDLMF
1: and what are you doing next week?
0: I'm giving a talk to some students at Nottingham University about journalism, and yeah, a few other bits and bobs. Should be are you
1: going to update us on that? I'll next, next time, next, next time, week. I'll
0: tell you exactly how well, it went. Well,
1: very best of luck to your students <laughs> oh, with <thank> that.
0: God. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.